Trust the Journey. I'm Jason Maletsky. And I'm Melanie Curtis. Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. We're here to create conscious connections, to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust, trusting the entire journey. If you would like to find us all over the internet, because we're everywhere, you can go to trustthejourney.today, which is our website, and that will also be our same handle on many of our feeds, on our Instagram, on our Facebook. You can find us trustthejourney.today. If you go to our website, uh, you'll get pinged to sign up for our newsletter, and that will keep you in touch with everything that Trust the Journey is doing, keep you informed whenever new episodes come out. So please sign up for the newsletter. And if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, you're going to find a button down there that says Donate Now that will link you to our Patreon account. And that Patreon account is just vital to keeping this show alive and functioning. And we really do uh, appreciate so much the people who are supporting us on Patreon because your contributions go directly to the financial needs of this program and make it happen. So a huge thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. We really, truly appreciate you. And there's an added bonus that comes along with being a member of the Patreon supporting team is you get included in the Flight One family. And that is a private Facebook group that we Flight curate. One <laughs> did I say that? I did. Which is kind of true, you know? Yeah. yeah. I did say that. Yeah. It's the Trust the Journey family. <laughs> We're all a family. I'm, I'm going back and forth between my different duties, which is the Trust the Journey family, which is a private Facebook group that we curate on Facebook. And it is a safe, emotional space for everybody to share into in any form you wish uh, and to be supportive of each other and to care for each other. So a lot of us see the Internet or Facebook or these social media streams as potentially volatile or risky places that aren't necessarily safe to be in. And our intention here is to create and hold a safe space where we can communicate socially and interact with other people of like mind. So we encourage you to become a Patreon supporter and to become a part of the Trust the Journey family. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And how does one trust that type of space? You know, we are facilitating, we're holding that space. So we're the, if you, you know, if you're listening to the show and you trust us, that is basically transferred into the Trust the Journey family. So we're always moderating and looking, caring for that space as well. So we really do invite you and thank you to the our most recent Patreon supporters who just joined us. You guys, seriously, the best. We also want to thank Kimberly Joy Voice. She does all of our editing for the video on YouTube, for the audio on all the podcast channels. The best if you want her, Kimberly Joy Voice at gmail.com. Hashtag highly recommend. If you want to find more from us individually, so Jay and, and me, you can follow Jay at Jason underscore Maledsky at on Instagram. And you and for me, you can go to melaniecurtis.com. So right on, family, let's dive into this. Today we're talking about priorities and growth opportunities. Jay, you posed this topic, so I would love to hear what inspired you to pose it. I'll, I'll be straight, straightforward, right to the point. What inspired me is dawning into the realm of consciousness on a daily basis. The simple, and now when I say simple, that's, and that's kind of a 
is kind of an oxymoron because it's so complicated. We have no idea how it's even occurring. <laughs> right. But right. the, the act of awaking in the morning where I am entering this realm of life, being alive, being conscious. And here I am, I'm entering the day and I'm thinking to myself, okay, what are my fir very first thoughts? What are my very first feelings? My very first considerations about how I'm going to prioritize this life that I have, this day, which may be the only day that I have in my life, probably not going to be, but at some point it will be the only day. So there's this thing that we've learned from being skydivers our whole lives is that sometimes today is your last day, yeah. right? And it's the whole perspective we gain from having uh, a, a real world relationship to the finality of our mortality. Mm -hmm. And so this priorities and growth opportunity topic is based in this idea of me entering the day not necessarily by my own will i'm just here poof mm -hmm. i've arrived i'm awake here i am in my body what am i gonna do first and what is the top of my priority list today so this is the question that i'm posing to myself mm -hmm. and to our listenership and mel to let's talk about how and why we choose the things that we choose to prioritize and where is the relationship between the growth opportunities, the things that we want in our lives, you know, and we, we say to ourselves, oh, I'd really like to do that one day, or I'd love to have this, or I dream of, mm -hmm. right? All these ideas of how do we bring some manifest, some future for ourselves. This is the relationship to it is how do we prioritize what we do with our time in order for those growth opportunities to come to fruition? That's a great question. <laughs> I think it is a. Oh God, I mean. It's difficult to look at that question without acknowledging autopilot and the knowledge that we need to interrupt autopilot in order to theoretically grow away like forward out of our blind spots and all of that stuff so but i also think there's something to be said for habits and those growing over time um man you know when you pose this <laughs> this topic <laughs> I'm laughing because you bring this amazingly reflective perspective to the question. And I thought to myself, well, how is this showing up in my life right now? You know, what is what's like I going a bit to the micro on purpose to share some stories around that. And uh, it's funny because I think about my work and how right now I have, again, I've said this, but so many awesome things going on in my work. It's a, it's such a good place to be. I'm, I love it. There's no, I've no complaints whatsoever. I bring that up because I'm essentially prioritizing my book launch, prioritizing working on promoting how to fly and and getting that to more people because I believe deeply in its ability to help people, as I've said. So that being a priority over 
other stuff and basically other things sort of taking a back seat. So I'm that's a very micro example of how I'm like using the concept of prioritization because I simply do not have time in the day to do all the things that I would like to do, which is a common theme for people. We don't have enough time in the day. If I could only have 10 more hours a day, maybe I'd, you know, whatever. So I'm very clearly focusing on the book launch and I'm focusing on speaking prep for a big, big gig that I have in January. I'm learning about separating my stories and collecting them. So I'm learning like that has been my work priority of late, which I'm glad about because it's a growth edge for me to learn really like in a strong way to go into a book launch, a really strong way to go into how do I want to collect and tell my stories such that it's going to be of value to this particular audience. So again, that's a very detailed share, but That's how prioritization is showing up for me because I feel like I have a pretty solid habit built around self-care, going to the gym, doing my meditation. In no way am I perfect at these things, but for the most part, they're pretty solidly in play for me. You know what I mean? So then where am I applying prioritization? Where am I applying that so that I have a growth opportunity? It's currently in the realm of my work and personal relationships, but that's sort of always an ongoing for me. Yeah. For for me, there's this really um, key factors that play in, which are the emotional and the physical experience of life, right? So if I arrive into the day and I'm, in my physical body in a sense where it my body is informing me of things that are not well Mm -hmm. if i'm in pain or i feel groggy uh, there's some relationship that my you know my body is expressing to me about what my body needs then it's going to shift my priority you know, from what I might want to be doing with my day or have planned to do with my day to what my body needs. Mm-hmm. S- parallel to that is my emotional experience and arriving into the day with any number of emotions that could be popping up out of our out of anywhere or I could have carried with me from my entire life. They could be long standing emotions that are like lingering, or they could be short term things that are related to something that happened right before I went to bed that yeah. the night before. So, uh, and I'll be completely bluntly honest. I've struggled in a lot of my life with depression mm-hmm. and where it shows up is in that first waking moment of the day where before I've even opened my eyes while I'm just entering that, oh, I'm here in my body again kind of phase, I have this no, like, no, 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 I don't want to be here. Mm -hmm. Like this kind of crunching down feeling like I want to go back to sleep, you Mm -hmm. know, like, and this thing of my my emotional being telling my physical being what it wants to happen, which is to run and hide, to not have to face these challenges of emotional growth, of growth opportunities, because (laughs) they're hard, right? Growth is never comfortable. We've already done lots of talking about how growth is a 
generally a yeah. painful experience, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it, and it can be beautiful, but we've got to be willing to engage it. So this whole thing that you touched on of autopilot, a lot of the time we just go morning and go into this autopilot mode of I'm now just going to go into my routine yeah. of going to the bathroom, of drinking a coffee, of brushing my teeth, of doing this whole thing and not ever really like centering on where I am in my life and deciding. And obviously, Mel, Mm -hmm. compliments and kudos to you (laughs) because you've done some thinking and made some really hard decisions about how you want to prioritize your day related to your big picture goals in life. And that is really easy to just kind of pick easy goals. Yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm filling that hole of responsibility so i'm doing my thing yeah you know and i see that autopilot part being as as much of a escape habit uh, you know a a coping mechanism rather than well the opposite for me is if i enter the day and go okay i'm going to do a morning meditation right now and i'm gonna uh, accept my emotional experience of the day and get in touch with the feelings that I'm having and uh, what's actually bugging me and keep track of what's on my plate, then then making a decision based on where my true opportunity to grow, move away from things that are not serving me and move towards things that are serving me becomes a real present relationship, a real present reality in my life. Yeah. And I think sometimes we don't even know, you know, like we don't even know what the things we're going to try will do for us. Like when you were talking, I basically made me think about how I don't drink anymore and how, yeah, I love that. How my decision to stop drinking was like, I've never felt like I've been an an alcoholic. I've never ever really had a struggle with alcohol. I sort of overused it a little bit when I was in my most uh, intense period of heartbreak, but I recognized that pretty quickly and I made myself step back from it, even though that was not when I stopped drinking altogether. Anyway, why I bring this up is that my decision to stop drinking was connected to the first love relationship that I was in after I got divorced. So it was this really brave, scary thing to be opening myself up to love again. And I could feel, as you were pointing to, the emotional charge and the anxiety and the fragility around that experience because of the high level of fear, understandably. And I wanted to prioritize my emotional strength. And I knew that when I drank alcohol, when I was hungover and whatever, it made me more emotionally fragile. So I decided very clearly, I am going to prioritize this new relationship and my emotional strength, which serves the new relationship and hopefully my growth in love relationships at large. And I and at the time, my boyfriend at the time, he didn't drink, so it made it easier. It was a supportive piece of the puzzle that allowed me to choose that for myself. And it was totally worth it. 
it turned out to be totally worth it. But I have I had no idea what that was going to do for me. So that was one thing was the love relationship piece of it. But then when once I got into this experience of not drinking, I realized I liked it. I also like big, extreme things. So I was like, what's it going to look like to keep this going? I don't know. Who knows? But another thing, another prioritization of that particular piece of my life choice, like life choosing was that once the relationship felt solid and was in sort of a good place and I was convicted in my commitment to not drink, I looked around and all the like so many of the podcasts that I listened to that were entrepreneurs, super successful people in business and personal development or whatever. A lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them also didn't drink. And so I was like, huh, maybe this is a piece of me leveling up my ability to write, to create content, to grow my business. So I connected it to this other thing that I wanted to grow into. I did not know if that was going to be correct or not, but I was willing to try it. You know what I mean? And now I'm I'm almost at my five year anniversary of not drinking and I love it. I totally love it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. But but you can see like that's an example of me choosing both love relationships, emotional strength as a priority over this other thing that was habitual for me, was autopilot for me. And then this other thing, I'm prioritizing entrepreneurship, my creativity, my self-expression, my all of that over this other thing that I think might be hindering that. So, yeah, I feel like that's a good example. So what I heard you touch on there was something that there's a slang term that uh, gets used and it's sheeple. Yeah. So it's yeah. when we just do what the crowd's doing. Yeah. Right? Like people, it's people being sheep is the the condensed, you know, urban dictionary definition sheeple, you know, people who are being sheep, which means they're just being led yeah. mindlessly with the, with the flock and not really making their own decision about where they're going or why they're going there or what they're doing because the flock's going that way. I'm going with the flock because the flock is my safe place because of security and safety and numbers. And there's a reason why sheep stay together because they're more vulnerable when they're alone to predators. Uh, And also this emotional vulnerability is something that we struggle with as humans, right? Where we feel more vulnerable when we strike out on our own. So this relationship of I'm going to go ahead and break out of the normal societal behavior, this habitual use of alcohol to socially connect, to decompress, to relax. These are all tag words and they're not necessarily accurate. A lot of them are actually completely inaccurate. Mm-hmm. But the there's all these societal uh, reasons or versions of why alcohol is a socially accepted drug. And the reality is that it is kind of a mindless habituation of a behavior pattern that does negatively affect us f- 
physically, it's very damaging. Mentally, it's very damaging. It's one of the most damaging drugs in the sphere that's available to us. And it's readily available on yeah. almost every street corner in America. Fascinating, so right? It's crazy. Yeah. that yeah. It was the one of the few that are considered socially acceptable. But what comes with that is this same... I want to get back to the emotional vulnerability piece is that what's difficult about prioritizing a growth opportunity is there's a piece of fear and vulnerability and emotional risk related to it where we have to generally leave the flock to pursue whatever we've chosen to be our goal or where we might have some, you know, some passion in our life to say, man, I'd really like to, you know, have a family or I'd really like to build my own business or I'd really like to travel the world or whatever your, you know, self-creative endeavor might be. That means breaking out of that typical behavior pattern that we all fall into or we're, we're kind of prescribed by society, which is go to school, get a job, get up, go to work, come home, watch TV, drink, go to bed, repeat, repeat, yep, yep. repeat, have kids, get old, mm-hmm. retire, 55, you're done. Mm-hmm. You know, like the whole the whole program, we all were well familiar with it, but that, that sh- black sheep who leaves the flock, you know, is off on their own adventure. And gosh, I can sure relate to that experience. Ah, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me too. So there's, um, there's one other touch point in there that I want to... Uh, just put a f- like very lovingly and very considerately put a hand around the shoulder of, which is something that you mentioned, uh, because I think every single person listening to this podcast can relate to it as far as the priorities and growth opportunity relationship. And that was you mentioned your first love endeavor after being married. Mm-hmm. Right. So very vulnerable state when we've this happens to almost everybody yeah we engage by connecting we open our heart to what we believe we're doing is opening our heart and and engaging and connecting with somebody and with that comes this typically and now this is not of course i'm not a doctor i only play one on tv (laughs) nor am i a therapist nor is this at any advice but there's an emotional attachment that yeah, occurs yes. when we say, okay, I'm going to share this part of you, part of myself with you that's very important to me that holds all my vulnerability. And in some way, we create a set of expectations around that. We probably don't communicate them as fully as they mm-hmm. need to be communicated or should be communicated. And yep. then when those expectations aren't met, we're let down or we feel brokenhearted mm-hmm. as the description. And so the what then occurs is this sensation of, okay, now I'm fearful of the idea of opening up my vulnerable space of connection because I'm afraid of the loss that might occur because of a failure to meet the expectations that I haven't communicated for myself. So, <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's so much, so much we get to unpack around brokenheartedness and attachment and all of that. But yeah, 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 for sure. And what I just want to say is that the, the, opportunity so this like it and we're i mean every one of our episodes overlaps with the other yeah. in some ways that they're the prioritization of taking a risk to re-engage something that we 
that previously we, you know, air quotes failed at or was emotionally painful to us mm-hmm. or in some way we we felt hurt or damaged or let down because we have some relationship to the experience having an emotional a negative emotional spirit experience attached to it mm-hmm. now we have this set of walls that we put up and this is where i want to say huh here's real growth opportunity mm-hmm. is when we say, okay, how do I get past these walls? How do I put myself out there enough to be vulnerable, to have the potential to grow, but at the same time, do a better job of communicating the things that need to be communicated to make yeah. sure that I'm not setting up false expectations or being let down because I failed to communicate them. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Gosh, that brokenheartedness is such an amazing growth opportunity. Oh my God. I, I mean, it sounds very, I don't know what it sounds like, but it is so valuable for, for helping us see what we have not seen before, helping us uncover our blind spots. And that if we talk about a growth opportunity and we talk about prioritization, if anybody who's listening right now is in the state of heartbreak, which is terrible and so painful and just agony for anybody who experiences it, it's totally normal recognize that that this is your time to really genuinely practice self-love, practice self-reflection and really ask yourself those questions. What did I bring to the table that got me into this scenario? You know what I mean? And I'm not suggesting blame or anything like that. I'm more suggesting the illumination of blind spots. And that can be really hard to do when we are in emotional pain, when we're like just totally broken, shattered, freaking out, desperate for any sort of sense of security or safety. I would advise people listening that are in that state. It's so hard to do, but like, yeah, try to breathe and try to take heart that you are in a really, really great period of your life. And if you can, on any level, prioritize this type of self-reflection, whether you do it with your therapist or with your friends or with online support exercises or whatever, it's it's a huge growth opportunity for sure. It's a really interesting that we're talking about this. Um, I had a experience just recently where somebody close to me, a relative, like physical close proximity had an emotional tidal wave crash across them because of a love relationship and its, its proximity, its relativity to their everyday life and how it completely changed their prioritization of what they needed to do with their day Mm -hmm. because of the emotional experience related to what was occurring. I mean, the the emotional state of being became so heightened that the idea of like going to work is suddenly something that's not even on the table. Like I'm not available to go and perform whatever duties I've committed to because my emotional state of being is in such a state of flux or in a heightened state of stimulate stimulation that I can't emotionally or physically be present to whatever 
responsibilities are there. And I, I can totally relate. I went through this recently where I had uh, a, basically a nervous breakdown, you know, where I was so stressed out that I couldn't be available to many different types of responsibilities. And I had to prioritize my own time with myself and resetting my physical body's state of emotional being yeah. to be able to do any of that. So that, that prioritization needle of like pointing at the compass where it needs to be, it's oh so powerful. Yeah. And that points to us having a low awareness of what theoretically we need to be prioritizing. That if we are not aware of that, like self-care or needing time or needing a deeper, more honest level of communication, a more skilled version of communication, whatever, right? We're talking about love relationship breakdowns, uh, personal breakdowns, whatever. That speaks to, okay, I have a lack of awareness or I have an awareness of what I quote should be prioritizing, but I ignore that. And I choose to do something else instead, which then leads us to a bigger breakdown that forces the prioritization of those things that we need. I also like to uh, compare love relationship heartbreak to having a, like the wound, the emotional wound of that to a physical surgery or a physical wound. No one in their right fucking mind would expect someone who just had surgery to show up at work. You know what I mean? And the priorities do instantly and irrevocably change for that period of healing. So, I mean, that's in the realm of healing. But, yeah, it's a great it's a great lens to look at prioritization and growth opportunities because it's so stark what we need. And then I think the question is, how do we apply that to the times when we're still functioning in life? How do we apply that awareness that we get in those times where we're forced down you know what I mean? Or forced to slow down. How do we then use that awareness, that in, that insight to make different choices in our day to day, in our sustainable, functional lives? You know, I had a conversation just yesterday um, with some of my coworkers about how uh, last year when I got hurt I, and I broke my back, I just showed up to work. Because my work is really just sitting in front of a computer yep. and engaging through either Zoom calls or working on documents or emails. Mm -hmm. you know? So it's basically laptop work uh, most of the time. So it was something that as long as I had mental and energetic capacity to be able to do it, I could still do it. And it feels good to be productive. Like we all feel better at the end of the day if we did something of value with our day. And now what that value is can be anything on the spectrum. Yeah. If I need to Netflix and chill yeah. all day long today and binge watch some series with a big bucket of popcorn because that's what my emotional being needs to do right now, then that's the, where the priority compass points at. Yeah. You know, and the other days it needs to be that I need to be highly productive and I need to get a lot of stuff done so that I can feel like I'm fulfilling, uh, you know, responsibilities, obligation, or at least feeling accomplished with the use of my time. And uh, recently with struggling with uh, mental health, with having been challenged in this area where I'm like, okay, I can't actually show up in those capacities i'd like to but it's just not working then 
it's a completely different thing. Like again, that compass needle points at whatever I have to prioritize for myself. And this is what I was trying to touch at, touch on earlier with the physical body, the the physical body in its um, pain condition of like whether things are working or not working. And then there's not really much difference between that and the emotional body and its needs. Like they all fall in the same thing of like, if our emotional needs are so high that they're taking over and now demanding to be heard. It's just like if my my hand won't work because I have tendonitis because yeah. I've used the computer too long, I just can't do it anymore. I have yep. to stop. And I think it's really important that we recognize these, hear these things within ourselves more. And I'm going to can, can do the same thing. I'm going to point back to meditation to saying that this is such a hugely powerful tool to be able to listen to my physical body listen for the what does my body need movement stretching exercise nutrition rest what does my emotional body need connection nurture to be heard compassion empathy a connect a connection 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 you know and when i look at the emotional body's needs and the physical body's needs and then really the rest has to come after that stuff. So I have to put those at the top of my list for prioritization. So this is what's got me back to like, where am I when I enter consciousness in the morning and I go, what am I going to do right now? I'm really happy that I've developed a practice of starting a meditation at the very beginning of my day, even if it's only five minutes before I do anything to center myself and say, it's nice that I have all these goals and dreams and many of them are going to take many, many, many years to bring them to fruition and I have to get to work on them right away if I want them to happen. But what do I truly need right now? What is my body telling me? And when I say body, I'm referring to both the emotional being yeah. and the physical being and listening to what those are and honoring them, really honoring them by like it's just it, the same way if I sit here with you, Mel, and you say, hey, what I need is the next week off because I can't be available. I need to be with my family or I need some time to rest or I need to go be with friends or I need to go exercise. I need these things. I have to be respectful and honor yeah. your needs. And this is how we need to treat ourselves. We need to honor our physical and our emotional body's needs so that we can truly be, because this is the foundation that moves us towards our achieving, like prioritizing the things that are really important. Yeah. It's interesting too. I love all of that. Yes. Press pause or rewind it, peeps. Listen to it all again. It's legitimately so important. I think everything that you just said, Jay, about really reading ourselves, like that practice of cultivating self-awareness at that level, uh, making that a practice because it helps us then prioritize and go in the directions that we want. Certainly our physical body and our emotional body doesn't necessarily indicate 
uh, something in the realm of goals. So we'll have to have contemplated that. We'll have to have contemplated our core values and what we want. We set our goals in alignment, ideally with those values so that when we are going toward a goal, it's motivated by something deeper that's motivated deeper inside ourselves and our emotional selves. So all of that is sort of a part of this conversation as well. We've talked about it before, so I don't need to go into that in too much depth. What I want to touch on next relative to prioritizing and how we can gain more awareness about what we do prioritize is that sometimes we're like, fuck, I'm on autopilot. How do I figure out my values? How do I figure out what to prioritize? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yes, it's listening to the physical body, emotional body, like we said, but a more, uh, not but, and a more again, micro example is, for example, I've talked about how I have a fucking lot on my plate. I've got a lot of work, a lot of opportunities, and it's a great problem, quote unquote, aka not a problem, but only in that surplus, right? So in the, on the edges, can we, can we see what we actually do when pushed So in surplus, I have 8 million emails. It's notable which emails get the response soonest. That is a is some place where I can go, oh, well, why am I responding to this person first? Why is this is this topic getting my attention first? And that can help us discern what our actual priorities are in that micro space. Similarly, when we're dealing with lack and we're in scarcity, we and we're maybe triggered into scarcity fear, we are then it's clear what then becomes the perceived priority at that point, whether it's we work more and it's usually it's motivated by fear, which is not fun. So I'm not suggesting this is like great, but it's something that helps us cultivate that self-awareness and recognizing what the fear then prioritizes when we're in that space of lack. You know what I mean? We can go, oh, this is what the fear drives me and makes me choose as a priority what would my consciousness what would my values aligned self choose even despite the current lack or the current scenario i'm facing could you go into more detail on that for me the lack yeah well meaning if we're in scarcity if we are if we're looking at maslow's hierarchy for example for people that don't know what that is at the very baseline of the hierarchy we need the foundation we need food sleep water like we need need that and usually in our modern society that's connected to making money Because when we feel like, oh, we don't have enough money, we won't have enough money to pay for the roof over our head, we won't have enough money for food, we won't have the core needs met. So when we're down in that level of of lack, the priorities immediately become, how can I feed myself? How can I shelter myself? Which is when we're prioritizing that stuff, it is very difficult to prioritize, I'm going to work on this big goal that is a 10-year timeline. It just made me think about something and kind of like I got an understanding of what I think. I think I understand this. I mean, at least it's only it's always ever going to be my only my perspective. But I think about the homeless crisis Mm -hmm. in America and how many people are actually on the streets and how expensive it is 
to have a roof over your head, mm-hmm. right? It is really expensive yeah. to house yourself. Mm-hmm. And so this challenge of core needs, right? Food, water, house, sleep gets the priority of housing gets pushed to the side because of some emotional needs, right? So there, I, again, my perspective, I'm mm-hmm. not speaking for anybody except for my own point of view. I feel like what I'm seeing is emotional trauma is so high that the awareness of the need to prioritize these things gets rearranged so that we're then numbing our emotional experience or avoiding our emotional experience through drugs or alcohol or with mental health occurrences, issues arriving that our own awareness of our need to get enough sleep, keep a roof over our heads and feed feed and water ourselves gets rearranged. And and that's where we end up with this. Yeah. It's more important to not feel than it is to worry about having a roof over my head. Yeah. And some of the people that I know that do social impact work with the homeless, a big part of the sort of revolutionizing and, and being of service. And this, I am no expert at all. This is just very sort of satellite learning from these friends of mine is they go in with absolutely that intent of caring for the emotional wound almost more than the the scarcity wound. I mean, certainly f- food and and versions of shelter and clothing, socks, like socks are the most requested thing by homeless people. They request socks. That's why this the company Bombas, I don't know if you know that company, but they donate a pair of socks to for every pair of socks that's purchased and that's like totally badass. But anyway, where I'm going with this is And I do this because like I have the fear of being, I don't know, like I don't like I have a fear come up around walking by a homeless man. Am I in danger? Is there do I you know, so I definitely don't connect. And it's not it's not great. I don't feel good about that. And it's something that I am looking at personally because of what you just said about that connection, that love, that emotional care, that acknowledging that that human being exists is a huge healing agent. It just has me thinking more and more that we need to keep the nurture of our own emotional state at the top of the list of priorities. Yeah. And and when I say nurture, I don't mean just like yeah, just give the sad me more candy to eat, you know? I mean, like, really taking the time to feel the things and being willing to take, to go into the painful places within ourselves to unearth or unbury or open the doors to our closets of the things that are really eating at us so that we can truly heal or free these demons from ourselves or, you know, skeletons from our closets in order to then open up the potential, the the priority the potential then occurs, right? Because yeah. we're limited by them until we deal with them. That has been my life experience. No yeah. question about it. Yeah. In, in that it is notable 
I, I was certainly a high achiever before, you know, getting into ceremonial healing and before doing therapy and before doing landmark and before doing all the personal development that I did. I was always a high achiever, but it was in that very unconscious lane and which is why it led to the breakdowns and the, you know, blow ups and mushroom clouds of my life, which is normal. Again, is normal. Now that I have done rigorous healing and I'm committed, obviously, for life to be in rigorous healing. It's so clear to me, Jay, how I am able to communicate like we were talking about in the way that would actually facilitate a real and authentic connection and clearing of space when needed, navigating of conflict in a healthy, healthy way, like building of those skills. I now had access to that to be able to even grow those skills. Fuck yeah. I can now prioritize. You know what I mean? writing my book and and sharing it with the world, finishing a project that huge, doing this podcast. You know what I mean? Doing all of these things that are no, they are not down at the baseline of foundational goals. They are very clearly up in the realm of contribution, being of service. Where am I feeling enlightened and fulfilled? It's It's much further up the pyramid because the healing has allowed me to be able to do that, to prioritize that foundational stuff so that it's safe and secure so that I can play in these higher levels. Sorry, I had a thought and I just lost it as you were <laughs> speaking there because you, you had so many valuable points. And I was sorry. just <laughs> hanging on every word. Um, if it's good, it'll come back. That's what I always say about the ideas that go for my brain. I'm like, oh, it's good. It'll come back. Yeah. This, uh, I mean, you really had me whirling there. Uh, the my recent experience in this life, which is cumulative for all of us, is has been that I began writing a book a number of years ago about my own life, a memoir. And as I started to structure it and lay out all the pieces and figure out what I wanted it to be, I started seeing the parts of my own life that I was less than happy with. And I started unearthing the pieces that I hadn't dug into, that I had buried away, or I had closed a door on. I had just thrown it in a box, closed the lid, forget about it, you know? And a lot of those, I hadn't dealt with them because I had excellent coping mechanisms, right? And I have these wonderful co coping mechanisms that allow me to feel great on a daily basis, where I'm literally full of life and yep. I'm fantastic and I'm wonderful. Look at me, you know, <laughs> look right. at how fantastic I am. <laughs> look at how fantastic I am. <laughs> look at how fantastic I am having a great time. My life is like living the dream. Yeah. You know? And inside there's still a hole <laughs> right. where I didn't deal with something and I can't even talk about it. I know. Or I, I couldn't even bring it to the table. And it, I started the book a number of years ago. And as I go through each chapter, I go, oh, can I even write on this? I haven't even fixed this or done it or, you know, it's still buried and it's been dragging out the yeah. authoring of this memoir because I'm not willing to just write how I didn't do it. Yeah. You know, and to yeah. me, this this has been more valuable, this prioritization of 
deal with the emotional baggage over just telling the story and sugarcoating it because I could tell you a really good story and it would be full of all kinds of beautiful, you know, entertaining, colorful experiences and travels and stories. And it would skip over the real, real important stuff, which is underneath. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to reflect on that because that's that's my journey. Well, and I, I I acknowledge that it's a legitimate, normal thing for people who are authoring memoirs, who are telling any part of their life story that matters to them. I thought about publishing How to Fly five, five years into my column, and it was 100 percent. I wasn't even close to even it wasn't even close to being a whole story arc like I hadn't even had a breakdown it was just like so superficial like there's just it wasn't done you know and not to say that it's done it's done in its form because I'm no longer writing for Blue Skies Mag it's a complete the complete anthology but it also is inclusive of enough of my life where I the hero's journey is actually there and the end of it and not there's no spoiler. I mean, anyone who's been following me or listening on the show knows this, but the end is really that the richest writing of my life you know what I mean where it's it's the depth is there and it's also this exciting jumping off point to the future of my writing because I identify and feel called to be a writer like that's part of my contribution in this life I I feel and so I'm excited that my writing and that version of my expression is taking on a new form and and continuing toward the depth that I got to finishing my piece now this particular piece so I just want to acknowledge that because that's great that you are allowing it the space and are doing more inside of your story to express it and to share what you want to share versus rushing an outcome you know what I mean so it's like you're prioritizing that process it sounds like versus the, you know, forcing of creating just something because you're Jay fucking Maletsky and that'd be cool to have a book. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what's uh, the beautiful irony is the title of the book is is my unfinished masterpiece. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And it's, you know, you're talking about your story about how it's like it's not done yet. And the truth of the story is it's not done yet. It's never going to be done, but it needs to be a version of itself that's perfectly perfect in its incomplete state yeah you know for sure the relationship there which is i mean as far as a practice for ourselves for like a self-honoring practice of like i need to be content with myself as a perfectly imperfect version of me and that imperfection is perfect and the fact that i'm still in a growth state and that things are still changing is perfect Mm -hmm. and that I still have all this opportunity ahead of me is perfect. There's nothing wrong with anything. Everything is actually right where it needs to be. And this is, I mean, I've spent many years trying to get to a point where I could understand uh, a, you know, a Ram Dass type of statement of like perfect, perfect. Mm. And you're like, what do you mean? Perfect. What about this? What about that? This is wrong. And that's wrong. What about these? You know, what about this? And what about that? And I could make lists and lists of things that I can point fingers at when really it's just like looking back inward and getting that reflection on ourselves. 
Yeah. Part of my growth process around that type of rooting, rooting of ideas is, and again, I go back to the micro because the the macro concepts are only useful if we can apply them to our actual daily existences. So you've talked about meditation and this and that. One of the things that I do is I listen to a fucking lot of podcasts and a lot of audiobooks. And I do that because it it reinforces, you know, like for example, back in the day when I did my life coaching school, we heard this thing, there are no mistakes. And I, I remember having never heard that and being like, like, okay, this is cool, but, but, you know, not, not necessarily feeling comfortable with that idea, but sort of open to being there at this life coaching school thing. But anyway, why I bring that up is that from my life coaching school, I met someone who was talking about the friendly universe and how the universe has our back, how it's the universe is conspiring for how it's all for us. And that's been a core tenant of my whole fucking existence. But it's not just because the life coach dude said there are no mistakes and it's not because my friend said the the universe is friendly and it's everything that happens is for us it's because constantly through loads of different different channels that i choose i choose to listen to this book because i know it's going to support me and my psyche and my emotional health and my growth in the ways that i want i'm prioritizing what i choose to consume and it consistently supports these ideas that i want to take root in me and so that is has been huge in terms of a practice and a consistent thing that I choose to do that supports me and my emotional self and my emotional and just literal growth in all the lanes that, that I care about. I have 100% on board with everything you just had to say. Um, the continuing to reinforce and remind ourselves like we're it's so easy to forget the most important things we've ever learned yep you know i can look back at the greatest epiphanies i've had in my entire life and right remember in a min in an instant i can forget all the key points and i can be totally wrapped up in some momentary experience that I'm having and completely lose my relationship to the infinite and how I understand these things already. And I know these things and can every single day a reinforcement of those through structure and practice and prioritizing certain things in our lives are going to establish that. So I'll make a clear share. I'm wearing a ring on my finger. I think I might've mentioned this before. Yeah. There's a ring on my finger from an artist that in this the the insignia on it reminds me of some of the um, elements of the infinite universe that I that I know and remember. And I wear this other one with a skull on here because it reminds me of my mortality and mm. that this is all going to end and that I don't need to get too attached to anything because it's not permanent. Nothing's permanent. This is all just a, you know, dust in the wind kind of thing. So 
I've tattooed on my chest sacred geometry so that every time I look in the mirror, I remember that I am the infinite universe mm. and that the infinite universe is me and that I cannot escape that and I can't forget it because it's right there to remind me every single day yeah. and I see it with my own eyes and that's that's me prioritizing my relationship to my higher self in a way where I put my money where my mouth is and I put it on my skin so that I have to see it every day and I can't I can't erase it. It doesn't go away. And it's me going, you're not going to forget this mm-hmm. because this is what you're all about and this is what drives you to grow and to experience life in a way where I don't need to be fearless. I don't need to be fearful and I can be fearless because I remember that this is all just temporary and I in the end, it's all going away and I have nothing to lose except for fear. You know, if I lose my fear, I gain everything else. I gain all the love and all the growth. Yeah. So all those reminders in place like, oh, how do you prioritize spending that much money on tattoo work? I'm like, well, there's a reason. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. Well, and you speak to something I think universally important is that what we prioritize consistently over time becomes what we grow into it becomes our growth. So like doing something once or twice is not a growth opportunity. Things that we prioritize consistently over time and engage in consistently over time and do consistently over time, aka our priorities in action, that becomes what we grow how we grow. Diet is such a great example of that. Mm-hmm. Just how we choose to nurture our physical body with what we put in it. Yep. Yeah. I'm really happy to say that lately my diet's been very simple and very nourishing. And its result has been that I look in the mirror and I'm like, huh, I'm looking really good. And I'm not (laughs) even working that hard on it, you know? And that's just relative to my own set of goals. I'm not being like egotistically like I look good. I'm like, (laughs) no, I had a goal for myself of where I want my body weight to be. And there's a whole bunch of things that sustain that, like my relationship of body mass to body fat. And that is there's a health goal in here for me to be able to live a life that I want to live. So my prioritization choices of I'm going to choose to eat a diet that falls within this scope and and stay within it as much as possible is in a relationship to wanting to live a full life of wanting to be happy and healthy and able to do the things that I love to do and to be with the people that I enjoy to be with. With and have the life experiences that are enabled by having a physical body that's healthy enough to do those things. Yeah. So this it's this whole great big connective piece. I'm not just going, oh, I'm going to eat salads all the time so I can be sexy because I have an <laughs> ego. No, I want to be able to climb a mountain because I want to stand on top of it with one of my best friends and have a high five and a hug and, and look at the beauty of the world around us. Yeah. And I can't do that if I'm not physically healthy enough to do it. So it's this great big connective prioritization choice and I have to choose the lifestyle, be in a place, find work that allows me to do the things I want to do so I can actually sustain that level of health, have the time available to do that, and then make it to the top of the mountain and make getting out of the office and going to do that more important than sitting in front of my computer. I feel that. I am not going to be the future Betty White being on SNL when I'm 95 years old, if I'm not taking care of my body and 
having fun making stupid idiot movies. Like, I'm serious. That's part of my plans for Thanksgiving. My friends and I are going to make my ne- our next spoof movie. And it's like joy in my heart just knowing it's going to happen. And that's a priority of mine because I believe in love and hilarity, all the things. So, yeah, I love it. I'm totally that's- into it. We're doing the same with our Thanksgiving. We're going to go. So we're recording this just days before day Thanksgiving. Before the, day before day Thanksgiving. Before, yes. Yeah. And um, we're going for a, a group hike before we're going to settle into the house and spend some time connecting. We're going to go outside and have a tea party up on top of a mountain. Fun. So get everybody out for some good exercise together and some outdoor time in the sun and the nature and enjoying being this beautiful place that we have, which is called Earth. And... <laughs> Once we've had a good amount of exercise, we'll then go and we'll cook and we'll nourish and we'll connect and rest. If people want to watch the nonsense that I've been doing recently, I've been doing a lot more uh, Instagram stories and I have been doing some hip hop dancing with Shanti. (laughs) Hells yeah. And the core message with that is that looking cool is overrated. Because in no way do I look cool doing my hip hop dances, but fuck it. I like it. It's fun. It's serving my health and fitness. And that's it. That's all I have. (laughs) Well, this has been an excellent, inspiring episode for me. I feel inspired to go and to get outside and pursue and prioritize and feel actually feel a good relationship to my emotional being too right now i'm like oh yeah need needy me needs love and i need to pay attention to that and physical need needs action and nurture and all that and the prioritization is the clarification like the clarity related to my own needs to prioritize is is coming into place and more and more every day so i'm really grateful Speaking of great gratitude, yes. Jay, I love you. I am grateful for you. Everybody listening, I love you. I am grateful for you. Thank you so much for being here, for being with us. We say it every time, but we really mean it. There is no chance in hell we would be doing this show if it weren't motivated by the, the, again, the prioritizing of the core values of the show. So we're just so thankful that you're here and with us and always hope that you get value. Anytime you want to reach out to us, drop us a line please do we welcome feedback we welcome questions we welcome any any sort of thing that you'd like to share uh as jay said in the beginning trust the journey today is our website it's our instagram it's all the things go there if you want anything for the audio and video editing kimberly kimberly joy voice at gmail.com for me melaniecurtis.com for jay instagram at jason underscore maletsky and what else my friend you could also <laughs> find me on instagram or her on instagram at queen jasmine official yes underscores into that if you want to follow my forays into another version of self-expression hells to the yeah well family we love you so much thanks again and yeah we love you we love you